Hello and welcome back. I'm Sobeda and I'm a brown girl and this is the Brown Girl Chronicles. This is a podcast aimed to discuss topics framed around my life and also how these topics intersect into other lives of the people around me. On today's episode, we are going to talk about the importance of representation of different voices within the entertainment industry. The people who are writing the stories, people on set, in front and behind the camera, and how we need to reshape the way we think about diversity. I'm here with a guest, if you want to introduce yourself. Hi, I am I'm, I'm David Petka. I am a, uh, I'm a white boy. <laughs> Thank you. And, uh, I, I've been a, I'm a junior at Ithaca College, and I'm, I'm happy to be here. What's your major? Oh, I'm a uh, film BFA, that is film photography and visual arts. Nice. So, before we start, I wanted to talk about your hesitation before coming on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that mostly came from me being a, a white boy having to talk about representation, you know, that's... Uh, for for people like me, that's that's not really a thing that ever has to be spoken about, just because it's there. Right. You know, you're always being, I represented, am being represented all the time. All the time, and so I, I wasn't sure if I would have an interesting view on this, considering right. this this is the Brown Girl Chronicles. <laughs> well, here we like to be inclusive and include mm-hmm. all voices, and we've spoken about this before. But yeah, just we got lunch. yeah, um, a lot of people when they like talk about these things, and they are white they are just like they freeze up yeah they freeze up and they're like ah (laughs) race i don't don't think i should talk about yeah (laughs) um but yeah i feel like these are good conversations to have Mm -hmm. whether or not you're a person of color or in the marginalized areas because it's good to even just recognize like that that is a that is a thing yeah i have privilege (laughs) yeah talking about it makes you uncomfortable that's right that's a that's a side effect of privilege exactly um so back in November, I wanted to talk about um, the four actresses that came together for Porter Magazine. It was uh, Ellen Pompeo, uh, Gina Rodriguez, Gabrielle Union, and Emma Roberts. And they basically talked about the lack of diversity. Mm-hmm. And Ellen was one of the ones that said, like, I recognize I'm a white woman <laughs> and I need to help people in my industry. I need to help other women, um, especially. And that's kind of how I thought, like, this kind of could go. Um, but yeah. I don't know if you saw that video. I haven't, no. Okay, so um, basically the four of them talked about women in the industry, uh, diversity, and then Ellen was talking about how she recognized her role in Grey's Anatomy, um, like contributed to the popularity of the show, and then she negotiated her own salary to $20 million. Oh, wow. Um, So, yeah, that's just very interesting, especially because Shonda Rhimes was the writer on that show Mm -hmm. and then that's what's like set her up to do scandal and like to write these other stories to place like a black woman as a center of a show yeah that's (laughs) it's crazy how how things just start off and then kind of snowball i actually haven't seen Grey's anatomy but uh, what what character uh she's the main character the main character oh she's she's gray (laughs) yeah oh wow that's 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 really crazy yeah i haven't seen scandal either but i do know uh i saw the actress i think was she on How I Met Your Mother? Carrie Washington? Maybe. No. No? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, man. <laughs> I need to keep up with my, my TV watching. But, um, yeah, so I wanted to bring that up, too, because you're a film major. Mm-hmm. And I was just wondering, like, are there any conversations about, like, storytelling and being inclusive when you're writing or Yeah, filming? that's actually um, a big thing that um, my directing teacher, Kathy Crane, was talking about. She actually loves it when people they have a vision in their head lots of like normally white writers or or 
writers of color, people of color, um, they'll write with like, I don't know, they write what they know. You write what you know, so white people probably write about a story with white people. Uh, people of color will probably write a story about people with color because that's the lives they live, that's what they are familiar with, and that's kind of what you can write. Um, unless it's like sci-fi, in which case you're just pulling things out of your imagination. But, right. um, but when it comes to these realistic narratives, uh, it's important, Kathy Crane has told us, and I agree, um, to kind of just switch it up, force yourself to, like, if you write a character in your head as white, cast a person of color, because that'll be such an interesting narrative to see um, how how there'll be a, a spin on that because of, I don't know, the perspective of the actor having to work with the perspective of the writer and the direction of whoever the director ends up being. Um, it'll just change a story either drastically or not at all. It'll just change it in in the way of right. uh, representation and diversity. So have you had a chance to like do that in the films or the sets that you've been on? Um, not quite. Uh, we had, we've only had one uh, production piece so far in which we just brought in some actors from a Meisner Technique course, uh, which is just outside of Ithaca. And they were they're very good, but they were not they were not very diverse. It was mostly just white people. <laughs> it was all white people. We just had um, a bunch of white people come in, and we told them what to do. <laughs> but in the um tech in the uh, course that they kind of taught for a small uh, brief section of uh, them being here and showing us uh, the Meisner technique, which is an acting technique uh, by a guy who's dead now. <laughs> we love uh, that. <laughs> we love a white man who's dead who taught people how to act. Uh, he had this whole big technique about um, breaking things down to like their core elements within yourself and bringing that out and finding it and building upon it and layers and stuff like that. Uh, but in the class, there was uh, there was one uh, girl of color who came in. I forget her name. She it was something Indian, I think. Uh, it was very pretty, something like Sanskriti or something like that. <laughs> but uh, she gave a great performance. She and uh, two other people. It was uh, a girl who seemed, I think she was Hispanic. She, she was talking about her, her sister of color, about how she would get into character by thinking about this, um, it's like apparently a squadron in Chicago of police that it's their sole job. I think I told, talked to you about this during yeah. lunch, um, whose sole job is to kind of just like find random people of color and just arrest them for uh any small demeanor yeah so like racially profiling basically yeah just a whole troop of police who are meant to racially profile mm -hmm. and that she felt safe in Ithaca because apparently Ithaca doesn't have that mm -hmm. uh, that that was an important decision in her choice of and where this to is come. how she got into character to this like be afraid to be uh, terrified wow. actually yeah, wow. she uh her character was supposed to it was a, it was a um an exercise where a person enters a room quote unquote a room just any space uh, and there is a person already in the room, and they both have conflicting goals. One of them needs to have the other person leave the room for some reason, and the other person has to find some reason to stay. Uh, and so her reason uh, was that the squadron was coming for her sister, but she had an informant who would help her sister stay out of that whole situation, but she could only meet that informant in that room alone. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they wouldn't show up. Uh, and the other person had to stay just because I think they, they needed to meet somebody also in that room. Yeah. So th th those were their conflicting interests. But ju just the way that she told us about that so nonchalantly kept a little conversation going in the class about that. Yeah. Because in the class, I think there are only, in my class itself, two people of color, uh, Sairam Reddy and, and 
as you know, just say wrong. This one person. I think it's interesting how like the reality for an actress of color is that her her way to get inside her own mind to be terrified is a reality for a lot of people. It's to think of the police. Yeah, it's like the, to the think of the police. And That's like, wild. Yeah, um, and she she gave a great performance too. Like, right. She was on the verge of tears. Like in the miser technique, you make observations and you say them. You don't have a like a a narrative structure to a dialogue or anything. You'll basically say. Like, I'll say, you you have brown eyes. Mm-hmm. And you'll say, I have brown eyes. And that will go back and forth. And then it'll be like, you look nervous. I look nervous. Mm-hmm. And so it basically just went towards, I'm terrified. I need you to leave. And they're like, you're terrified. You need me to leave. Wow. And it would just build from there. And you just learn a bit more about, like, their objectives and, and what they were feeling. And it would amplify. And she was, like, grabbing the other actress. Like, you need to go. <laughs> oh, my God. Um well, talking about powerful performances, I wanted mm-hmm. to talk about the Oscars um, that were uh, happened a few weeks ago and how there was a lot of controversy around the wins of mm-hmm. some of the categories, especially like the best picture, which was Green Book, yes. <laughs> um, which talks about diversity, but in a very a very um, niche way, yeah. which is... Color within the lines kind of way. Exactly. Um, so I just wanted to talk about your interpretation personally. Like, do you think that was the best picture of 2019? I don't. And I think, <laughs> if, I, think uh, I think everybody was kind of upset about that winning best picture. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just thought it was so straightforward. I, I, I'm glad that it did win. I'm glad that it finally, you know, got... It was Spike Lee. Uh, oh, not that, Spike Lee. No, that was yeah, that yeah. was for his other adaption. Um, I think he won Best Director. Yeah, it was Best Director. That's this, what that was. Yeah, Best Picture. Green Book. Who wrote Green Book? Some who, white who man. Directed? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. Um, yeah, that that's, that speaks levels in that of itself. I, exactly. I, it was part of the problem, and that's what people yeah. were saying. Like, this quote-unquote movie about diversity, and everyone that was on the stage from the production was white, except, <sighs> like, Mahershala Ali. <laughs> Oh yeah, Um, performance though. And I think he won like best supporting act, like actor. Mm -hmm. But like, how are you supporting a story that's supposed to be all about this person, Don Shirley? Um, I've actually been watching The Wire, which he, which he like kind of found his, his Mm -hmm. um, footing in in the industry. And like, wow, what an actor. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway. Um, But I just thought it was interesting because it's this telling of a story about this white man that like sees what it's like to be a person of color and then he's like wow like mm-hmm. they're going through it but oh, yeah no shit it's right it's not revolutionary in any way so that's why a lot of people of color especially it were felt upset. like the safest right quote-unquote right pick for the exactly. academy since they've been whitewashing the oscars since its inception exactly um but i wanted exactly. to talk about like the other movies that were also nominated and won different categories but not best picture like roma mm. uh black Klansman, yes, roma black panther yeah um i feel like any of those would have been good mm-hmm. but i don't know what are your thoughts <laughs> i think that roma definitely roma um roma actually sparked some controversy because of it being a netflix right um they're trying to uh, make it now in the future. Apparently, Spielberg is talking with the Academy about making it to that Netflix films can't win Oscars. Interesting. But uh, yeah, Roma won best foreign won best film. foreign film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was honestly probably could have won best picture considering yeah. the the way it was shot and the subject matter and just like the the way that he directed it with these you know non actors. Mm-hmm. 
um, just kind of just their life. Yeah. It felt almost documentary style. It was, I definitely liked the cinematography of Roma, and especially there wasn't a lot of dialogue, so the acting was really just like body language and emotions seeing, like, the act, like coming off the screen. Which is most of what uh, communication is, right? Yeah, it's Isn't like it? 90% yeah, body I, I, language or something. I think maybe like 80 or something. Yeah. 80, yeah, like 20% <laughs> th- like actually what you say, which is yeah. normally not even how you feel anyway. Right. But just very interesting. And then even Black Panther, I think a lot of people were saying, like, it wouldn't have one anyway because it was a superhero movie. Yeah. That's, that's the only reason I, I was thinking that that was kind of whatever. Mm-hmm. That and, you know, Infinity War. Right. They weren't going to win anything. Um, even though for, like, visual effects, you know, Black Panther and Infinity War have been... All this, all these Marvel films have been uh, revolutionizing. You can see the pores on Thanos's face. <laughs> right. Like they're making people out of data, which is crazy. Um, and the fact that first man, first man won for visual effects. Yeah. That was upsetting. The Academy needs to reevaluate itself. <laughs> they're they're making the simplest. Uh, they're making all the safe choices. Right. It seems there's no there was no. Uh, award given out that I was like wow except for First Man which was dumb um, my my roommate my old roommate PJ actually he always like hates how correct he is because he will vote for these um, who's going to win based on wh- like what the academy often goes for uh, when it comes to their choices and every single time he gets it right he's like damn it yeah, it's never the choice that he wants it's always just the choice that we know is going to win um, I was looking at this article from USA Today, and according to a 2012 report, the Oscar voters are 94% Caucasian and 77% male. So it just oh, makes yeah. sense that all the choices that are like winning are uh, because of the audience that's voting for them and picking them. Yeah, I feel like it, it's getting to the point where we have to like shame the, the Academy for like picking these certain things. Like they're they're just being so blatantly non-representative and just picking everything that's safe right you know it's it's nothing it doesn't have to do with the art anymore it doesn't have to do with what's actually good it's just what it's all a big money grab yeah and i just think like that's a reflection of hollywood Mm -hmm. today um even though we always say like it's 2019 we need better movies and better representation but then it's also (sighs) just like I don't know that's like we need to change the industry but like how do we do that and like what do we do well you'd have to burn Hollywood to the ground and (laughs) rebuild it from the bottom up I'd say Uh, which isn't going to happen sadly because it's such a it's such a um, a wealthy industry you know anybody who's in charge right now is not going to be trying to mix it up you know they're they're making money from what's been working right so it, it has to do basically with luck you know getting the right person to have, make enough money to make these uh, risky choices and still be able to financially make movies afterwards, um, say it does, you know, fail or something like that. Yeah, um, I just think that we could be starting like in the schools, for example, mm-hmm. film schools and film classes, and I just don't know if we're doing enough or like what more could we be doing. Did you ever take film A and A or Hollywood and American Cinema? Or I didn't. Because I'm a journalism major. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know some other majors branch out and have to take film and mm-hmm. Um But all, most, if not all, of the films that we watch in those are always, you know, by white, white directors with all-white cast. 
it, it's that's like the history those those are telling us about the history of the industry that we're about to get into mm-hmm. and it's very uh relevant to see yeah. you know who's been in charge of the industry forever and that how that's so hard to change yeah well i feel like if classes like that the, they just perpetuate this yeah, cycle exactly that's that's what i'm trying to say they they don't really show anything else and i feel for anybody like any person of color in those classes i'm sure that's yeah. I, I, I i wouldn't know but i'm sure that's not very uh encouraging right to see just all of these films by i don't know white people yeah i think just now like what we have to start doing is having these talks more openly within our classes and discussions mm-hmm. and also having like our white peers like speak up and use that privilege because it's hard sometimes it's like emotionally taxing for the person of color to always be like hey but what about this or what about this because then they're like oh they're just that person of color being angry because they don't see themselves but it's like you see yourself all the time Mm -hmm. but yeah yeah (laughs) is there anything you would like to add uh i definitely do see myself all the time and it's kind of boring (laughs) <laughs> not gonna lie <laughs> seeing seeing a white person in every single role is just after a while after i saw what was it ready player one and there was one person of color in that whole film that was so annoying <laughs> they had the uh the disfigured girl in that she she was played by a white actress um but she was like gorgeous and she was supposed to be the symbol of like beauty is in the eye of the beholder but she was some gorgeous girl that they just put like a little mark on her face and there, she was like i'm hideous yeah and just it's always just pretty white people mm-hmm. oh that's so boring <laughs> but at the same time i did also see a film called borders mm-hmm. uh in the last semester which was a swedish film uh it was foreign film at cinemopolis uh okay. and it was about troll people interesting yeah, they were very, um, they looked almost uh, monstrous, but that was the makeup team. The actors themselves were actually pretty, pretty, I guess. Uh, but the makeup team, which uh, was billed at the top of the credits, mm-hmm. actually, after the director, um, did an amazing job. But it's, it's besides those, uh, those indie films from like foreign countries, you don't see anything in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah, it's annoying. It's super boring. Right. It's and independent cinema. films are hard to come by too. Yes. Like if we don't have places like Cinemanopolis. C- Cinemanopolis. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, at Sundance though, even uh, I feel like they've been they've been trying. Right. Uh, which is nice to see. I, there were a few documentaries. One about uh, two black men in Dallas mm-hmm. and their like fight against the educational system there. I hadn't seen it. It was showing at the Cornell Cinema, but nobody would go with me. <laughs> Yeah, um, definitely getting more into independent media, I think, is the way to go to, mm-hmm. like, reach that's diverse audience. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I hope to see your films in the future yeah. highlighting diverse stories. I hope I, hope I can. <laughs> I know there's a, there's a thesis being made right now that is predominantly people of color um, being produced by uh, Sam Hayden, who it looks like it's going to be really good. I think it's a, a whole, uh, not a horror film, but, like, a uh, some sort of tragedy film. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing that in the in the thesis screenings. Well, thank you, David, for coming on today's episode. Thank you for having me. And thank you for everyone listening to the Brown Girl Chronicles. You can listen to this podcast and any other podcast by the Ithacan on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. That's-